0: Welcome to Solve This Murder. I'm your detective, Danny.
1: And I'm your crime scene criminals and witnesses, Bill. Criminals, plural. Yeah, I decided to put an S at the end, just in case. Does it keep a mystery going? Yikes. This is part six of the actor's assassination.
0: In part five, the Sunderland sister lawyers absolutely did not tell me that Chris himself was the possible mystery buyer.
1: Danny also talked with Eve, who was complaining that Eliska had been carting around a trombone case for a few days
0: and i learned about an old very comprehensive video project that chris undertook in his university days which led to the obituary of someone whom andrew feist may have had a grudge
1: against danny this could be the final episode oh no it could there's a couple things that you might need to find to piece everything together but You're getting close. I
0: have... Yeah, I've still got a couple of questions. The string is forming, but the problem is it's still a couple of different pieces of string right now. That is really the problem. My biggest question right now that I do not know the answer to is Andrew is clearly a very suspicious figure in all of this, but he don't know that Chris is dead. And that's curious. That is very curious to me. All right. I got some gambles. Uh, the dice in my corner?
1: I can get you some dice.
0: <laughs> Let's just assume that I've rolled well.
1: Yeah. What do you want to gamble on?
0: Let's see how well I can word this. Um, actually, first of all, can I just look at Chris's phone one last time? Beyond the very recent phone call uh, that I just had with Andrew, how, how long has it been since a call with Aliska?
1: Not too long. They're probably same like around the same time. Plausibly
0: similar. Okay, I can work with that. Let's see. Are you gonna ghost
1: call a wife and a dead husband?
0: No, 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 no. no. Absolutely not. Let me see if I can give me a moment while I write out this text that I am about to write. Okay, here is my text that I am sending from Chris's phone to uh uh,
1: Okay, okay, so you're trying... Okay, so this is Danny's text. It's Andrew. Some weirdo was hanging around my house and dropped this. Is this Chris's phone? Question mark, question mark. So you're... Oh my God, hold on. You're trying to cover the fact that you went there? That she'll have a message... That she'll have a notification on her phone that Chris was at Andrew's house? And now she will... See this message and think Andrew has Chris's phone. Correct. Okay. <laughs> you get a message back. Great. And it says, it must have been that ridiculous detective. Perfect. Just make sure she's not there when I get there.
0: How much can I, emph- can I hear the emphasis on the word she's in the...
1: Very much so. It's all capitalized.
0: Ah, interesting. Boy, oh boy, that's curious. All right. So, I like the sound of that, that when I get there, she's going to go there? I think so. That's what I was hoping.
1: Oh, really? Okay. What's your plan? I want to follow. You follow her?
0: I follow her. But, uh, as I do, one more text. Okay, let me think about this. I, I think just, like, I'll hide this in my office. Okay. I know where the office was. I saw it. It
1: oh, was Yeah, through the window. Yep.
0: So yeah, I would like to follow her to the house and cross my fingers that Feist is still not home.
1: All right. You follow her to the house. When you get there. Wait. Wait. Yeah.
0: I'm not letting this happen again.
1: Are you not going to take that? You're going to leave your, the Chris phone?
0: Can I turn the app off?
1: Yeah, you can turn the <laughs> app off.
0: Yeah. Because I don't know if I want her to find the phone or not. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll need to throw it into the office some at some point. Uh, uh, but yeah, all right. that's
1: where I'm at right now. All good. You turn the app off so she's not going to get another notification when you arrive <laughs> behind her and she won't turn around and see the car pull up. Uh, sh- you, you get there just after she does. and she, she, She's out of her car. She's walking towards the front door. There's no car in the driveway. It looks like Andrew's not home yet. That helps. She arrives. She looks at the driveway, looks at her phone, knocks on the door. No one answers. She starts to do her own shuffle around the outside of the house <laughs> until she finds where the office is. Uh-huh. She looks in through the office window. She looks around a little. puts her hands on the glass. See, she's looking frustrated from where you're at. She goes back to the front door. She lifts up the welcome mat. Oh, come on. Nothing there. Oh, good. She lifts up a, a conspicuous little statue next to the door. <laughs> There's nothing there. She lifts up a rock that's sort of placed... There, that kind of looks a bit suspiciously placed, like a rock. She picks it up. Nothing there. She does not put the rock back down. Oh. She walks over <laughs> to the office window. <laughs> she looks left. She looks right. She shrugs. She throws the rock through the window into the office.
0: Okay. She does not have her own key to the Feist House. Good to know. So is the office at the front of the house? I was picturing it around the back. It's
1: around the back. Okay. Well, it's around the side. Okay. So you can see her from the side. In a few seconds, she's inside.
0: I'm <laughs> tempted to text, wait, bedroom lol. <laughs> I can't imagine I can see very much from here. I don't really want to confront her while she's in the process of doing this, though, either.
1: Uh, you've got the phone with you. You just turn the app off, right? Mm-hmm. It starts to ring.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yep. Sounds about right.
1: And it's a call from Aliska. Yeah. After a while, you let, you let it ring out. I mean, yes, I guess so. Lovely. Calls again, rings out, and you get a message, a text on the same phone that says, "Can't find it. This is ridiculous. I'm going home." And she opens the front door and she leaves. Did she lock the front door? You're not sure. You can go and check. Is she gone? She's gone. I guess so. This
0: is wild. She didn't take anything. She didn't do anything. She literally
1: just came for the phone and left. Not that yeah, you couldn't see her do anything else.
0: Ugh. She made it sound so routine. I expected there to be more to it.
1: Did you want to check the front door? Yeah. It's unlocked.
0: Good. She's an idiot. Uh, first things first, I find the most uh, hidden corner of the office and I slide the phone into it like it's just fallen off the desk Lovely. from vibrating too much.
1: Sure. You hide the phone in the office. <laughs> so where are those envelopes I saw before? There's a collection of envelopes here. Some of them are routine. The ones at the top of the desk. You see they're, you know, addressed to Andrew Feist. They're various, some of them is junk mail, some of them's... Notes from his accountants. Some of them are various personal correspondences. You also see a few letters, slightly older, underneath these, a couple of weeks old, addressed to Pennyfeist. Mm-hmm. Household bills looks like the gas is always being paid by Pennyfeist, and all the other bills are being paid by Andrewfeist. Okay. Uh,
0: Weird delegation, but all right. Mm, yes. Cool. That's something.
1: And then you see. These suspicious letters. Mm -hmm. There are a few of them, all in envelopes. None of them stamped. None of them have gone through an official mail Mm -hmm. service. They are slightly marked on the front of these envelopes. Now that you can see them, they say Andrew in a in an ugly scrawl of letters. Mm
0: -hmm. Foot scrawl, I call it.
1: A foot scrawl. You look at the one that's dated first. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! You're
0: clicking on stuff. There's more. What? Hello, Senator. I would like to see you cry. Oh, that's creepy. Do
1: you see anything else fun about this letter?
0: There's tape on it?
1: Yeah, there's some tape at the bottom of this letter, as if something was taped to this envelope. Oh, or to this I see letter, what you mean. And folded inside, but it doesn't seem to be there anymore.
0: Right.
1: You keep looking through, and they... These, these ransom notes continue. They ask for... Oh,
0: get rid of that one. It's creepy.
1: They ask for money.
0: Oh. Ah, don't show me more.
1: And you see the last one.
0: Ugh. Oh. Time's almost up. Five million dollars to keep your life free from the sins of your past. Fabulous. Little bit more than the $4.80 that I hear the theatre was worth, but pretty close. <laughs> yep, uh, this is pretty confirmation of suspicions as of yet. Is there anything else I think I can get from here? I don't know. What does a Senator do in an office? Is there anything suspicious beyond the ransom notes? Well,
1: they're pretty which suspicious. Which he didn't burn, which no, is No, he confusing. didn't burn those. Um, well, the only other
0: question is what do you think was attached to that first letter? I assume it was a, how do you take a snapshot of a video? Well, easily with a phone or anything else. No, probably not a phone. It's a physical thing. But yeah, some sort of snapshot from the video
1: of one of the videos. If you look at sort of the way that was taped, whatever object was taped, there's probably like two centimeters thick.
0: Okay. So it's probably less of a piece of paper situation and more of an actual physical thing. Mm. So like the, the USB or whatever. Okay, cool. So an actual bit of video. He just shouldn't have put it in his computer. That was a rookie (laughs) error. You don't get delivered a creepy mystery USB and put it in your computer. He could have had
1: a burner laptop.
0: Uh, All right. Well, he didn't burn the notes. So is he stupid enough to have kept the USB? You look around
1: the office trying to find a, 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 a weird USB. Don't
0: senators have someone to handle this business for them?
1: They might. You do see in the bin. Oh, come on. There is not an intact USB. (laughs) It looks like it's been smashed with a paperweight or a hammer or something. Okay. (laughs) But the actual, I mean, the case is all smashed up. The actual uh, card, (laughs) like, digital part of the USB looks somewhat intact.
0: In my experience, that doesn't matter. It's not going to work. But, uh, okay, I guess I'll take that. Don't have anything to try it on, but I'll take it.
1: You can check it out at a secure computer lab in the... Police department, sure, if you like.
0: Sure, that's a great place to put a mystery USB. A
1: secure I know, one. You said the word secure. I said secure.
0: That's just secure from outside threats. No, you
1: can secure them from inside Disagree. threats. Disagree. You anyway. create it so it's completely unconnected to anything else in the network, and it's super wipeable if it messes up.
0: All right, so I've got that, but I assume I've got faint ideas about what's going to be on it. I should leave. I don't need to. I don't need to be here.
1: Yeah, you could. Leave. I was
0: hoping to get more about an understanding of how Feist and Eliska know each other,
1: mm.
0: but it. I'm still only getting cha- tangentially.
1: Yeah. From this,
0: they knew each other well enough to be okay texting each other, but I got nothing else out of it. And yeah, I've left the phone there. I'm not getting any more out of Chris's sure. phone. I don't know. I'm just going to make them each think the other's lying, but why not? Yeah. What do I turn on some uh, morose music as I drive back to the theater, I suppose?
1: You put on some morose music.
0: try to think, but I don't know. I've got links to things, but nothing that forms a coherent murder yet. I continue my thinking, my morose trip back to the theatre. I arrive at the theatre, I pull my what do you call it? Hood over my head. Looking sad. I shuffle back into the green rooms. Where does Aliska hang out when she's backstage?
1: Uh, she'd probably be sitting in the green room. Not in the dressing room, or maybe sometimes in uh, Chris's dressing room as well.
0: Everyone else has uh, books and things like that. Does she have anything?
1: Don't make me think of another play. Uh, Wasn't no. gonna.
0: Why to ask if she uh, if she was a magazine person?
1: You do notice there was a magazine that she's reading. There was a recent, maybe from last week. Uh, just oh,
0: that's old in tabloid terms, but okay. Yeah, just
1: a Theatre Digest sort of magazine <laughs> stuff that's going on. And you flick through, and it's pretty much intact. Boring articles pretty much. about Chekhov's uncovered play five <laughs> sisters but you do see there's one thing that's wrong on a single page mm. there's an article about this play about turncoat and you notice that chris Reffert's face is not in this article it should be mm. there's a clear spot in this picture where that <laughs> face should be but it's been cut out of the of the magazine excellent
0: all i wanted just to make absolutely sure. It seemed fair enough, but it's good to have something. Just a sliver of something. On the way back, I also assume I stopped by the police station to drop off that USB. I'm Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I'll Simba just...
1: sticks it into his personal computer straight away. <laughs> yep. Thanks for the new USB. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, anything to do with information gained on there. I'm just going to assume, and when the relevant parties come forward, I'm just gonna say, ask the de- other detectives about no. Uh, what rank is Simba?
1: Simba's a uh, detective. Oh, so Sar- uh, captain, right. commissioner. Uh,
0: let's go. Don't worry, right, the authorities have all of that.
1: <laughs> sure, that's
0: what I'll say to anyone. Great. The evidence is all there. Perfect. All right, so let's start all of this again. I don't know how far back I should go because this goes reasonably far back in the past. There are so many things that have happened. So, the oldest stuff seems to be back from Chris Refford's university days, right? That's I'm not going crazy. That's, That's the, the oldest, oldest thing. I think we No, have. The, uh, Matthias bought a theater. Oh, 45 that is the oldest years thing that we have.
1: 45 years ago, Matthias bought a theater.
0: And it was a wonderful lark for several of those decades. But over time, the enthusiasm wore thin. It's become more difficult. But this is an ongoing part of the story. That happens in the background of all of this other stuff. The next oldest thing is Chris Raffert and Andrew Feist. They were at university together doing God knows what because Chris's big assignment seems to have been walking around with a camera on his head. And so, of course... When you do things like that, he ended up with a lot of material, most of it. 364 days, let's say, of absolute university level garbage. It was not interesting. One thing that happened to remain in the final cut was this little uh, sadness about Andrew Feist having a partner cheat on him. All very sad. Sometime later, a couple of years later, Chris Reffert. Meets uh, Aliska, they get married, great, things are happy for some time, but then a few years after that, not so happy. Chris has a depressingly well-publicized affair, though it's not that clear with whom, according to the media, but people that are closest to them have identified it as Penny. The closest Penny seems like it is Andrew's sister Penny. So that's a problem, it's a scuffle, but Aliska and Chris manage to patch things up through a lot of hard work, a lot of difficulty, a lot of pain in the background but love still in their eyes.
1: You're very intuitive.
0: At least as of the photos from last year or so. Bringing it forward to more present times, Chris is in this play, Matthias in the meantime has spent the last few months trying to sell the theatre. And there have been some interested buyers. He wants to maintain the spirit of the theatre. But more than that, Chris wants him to maintain the spirit of the theatre and is telling him to turn down lots of people who would, you know, for some, it makes sense. Oh no, property developer wants to turn it into apartments, wants to turn it into a movie theatre. All makes sense. He's trying to convince Matthias that the best thing to do would be to give it to someone who wants to keep it as its current theatre form. Because theatre be great. For reasons that I am not a hundred percent certain. Chris has decided to keep it secret that he wants to be in contention to buy this theatre. Uh, why? Maybe Matthias would have given him a good deal. Maybe, maybe I was silly on his behalf. So instead, Chris had these two lawyers, these Sunderland and lawyers, uh, running interference on this, doing all of the communication about it and the negotiations. Chris was going to need quite a substantial sum of money in order to make this happen, in the almost $5 million range. He did not have $5 million. They were doing all right for themselves, him and Aliska, but not that well. And so he needed a way to get that money, and he was apparently getting a little desperate for it. Things just weren't working out as far as getting this theatre, and he didn't want to see it go into bad hands. So he thought back to the past, and he realized that he might have a way to get money. Because back on that video that he made, amongst all of the boring footage, and even that one little section where Andrew Feist was caught crying about his cheating partner, there was some extra information hidden on there. Now, I haven't watched the video myself. I would never dare do such a thing. But it does seem awfully suspicious that not long after this, we find an obituary of Charlie Sampson, the person who was responsible for the cheating, or... You know, the one responsible for the cheating was really probably the partner in the relationship, but that's not how other people see it sometimes. So whatever is on that USB, I'm guessing is something rather suspicious that Andrew Feist did to cause that obituary to happen. Is that the best euphemism for it? Yes. Great. So Chris decided, hey, what a great idea this is. I know my friend to some extent I don't even remember looking up how close they were these days Andrew Feist he's a senator he's got money this won't be a problem so the footage that he totally promised he'd gotten rid of but he's an artist he's not getting rid of footage he decided to take a little bit of it just little bits of incriminating parts and pretend to be a bit of an external data thief and send some ransoms. Send some. Uh, send them in the form of ransomy blackmail to Andrew Feist, some I know what you did several summers ago. Style situation here. He sent the USB. He sent some demands for, let's say, five million dollars. Nice round amount. Good to buy a theater. Good to have a little left over. And he absolutely feigned ignorance, pretended it wasn't him. Someone had just taken it from him. In order to maintain this anonymity. You can't go through the postal service. They have ways of tracking these things. So it only made sense to very sneakily drop the blackmail letters at Feist's house himself. The problem with this is that we come back to this cheating situation. When you patch up a relationship from cheating, there's obviously not going to be a huge amount of trust. Now, I don't know how aware Chris was of this, but... We have this secretly hidden uh, network settings button on his phone. Looks like a very dull app, but when you open it, it's a very specific kind of phone tracking situation that sends alerts to his wife's phone every time he goes to certain places. That place being Andrew's house, which we now have confirmation is also Penny's house. Wasn't sure on that for a long time. Got that information from the house. So he was dropping off letters to Andrew. But uh, from a previously burned wife's perspective, she gets alerts on her phone saying her husband has gone to his ex-cheating partner's house several times over the last week. That's unfortunate. She may have tried to mask it with love, but that pain was still oh so fresh.
1: You could see it intuitively in her eyes. And
0: that was from a year ago, before she had any of this going on. But oh boy, that hurt is going to come right back. And she's going to feel very betrayed. This has been a long time coming, really. And so even though he has felt rather repentant about that particular situation, it turns out being a blackmailer can have some rather unintended consequence in other areas of your life because it made Aliska very mad. Mad enough to kill him? Well, how are you going to make that happen? And uh, very fortunately, she's been hanging around the theater. I don't know how much of this was luck, but she's always been around the theater watching things, seeing if there'd be a good opportunity. I assume she knew even before she started showing up to rehearsals that at some point he gets shot in the play. And maybe Chris comes home and talks, either praises or complains about director Eve's really strict style that everything is set to beat, you know, exactly when things happen. There is no variation from one time to another. Maybe this interests her, and she wonders how she can incorporate this sort of thing. So she's showing up to the theater. She's coming to rehearsals. And you know what? Um, Let's say she's a tuba player now. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, she's going to bring that. Uh, Maybe she was just privately rehearsing to herself. Who knows? She she doesn't need to take it out now. She doesn't need to demonstrate for anyone. And that's because instead of a tuba inside this tuba case... Tuba? trombone, Trombone.
1: That's the word. That's fine. It's the same instrument, but stretched out.
0: <laughs> she has an old favourite. I don't know uh, if I've ever heard anything from Simba, but uh, Ring Ring. Ring Ring? Uh, is there anything of note about this rifle? Is this your standard hunting rifle, would you say?
1: Well, actually, there's a whole thing here that, <laughs> that you never quite got round to. It seems that this rifle was reported stolen recently oh. by, a, by a woman whose name I can't even remember off the top of my head. She reported it stolen, and we looked into it. It turns out she's in the same shooting club, a casual rifle shooting club, that Aliska Premislovna is currently in, in her retirement, running women's shooting classes. Well,
0: I suppose it's very fair that she didn't use her own, but all I really wanted, that it was a shooting rifle. All rifles are shooting rifles. Was that it was a sports... What are they shooting by Othlon? Clay targets? Shooting rifles. Great. It's full of clay ammo. (laughs) There are ways to recognize these things. I know about guns. (laughs) So she brought up up there. Maybe she intentionally put herself in the way a little bit, knowing that Eve would be disgruntled and that it would only be seen as a good thing if she and her gigantic trombone case got out of the way for a minute. Maybe no one would even notice, because after all... Maybe plays are already going on, they're already rehearsing. You just take a moment, just wander up the side, take your stuff away, empty stuff out, put it with some of the other giant bulky goods that have been around the area. But one way or another, she is taking that trombone case up towards the dress circle and uh, sliding a little gun behind a curtain that's there. Why not? And um, fingers crossed that ushers don't clean behind curtains. How long she left it there, can't say. Day off or a couple of days? Probably the day off. She makes sure that while she's attending these rehearsals, she is paying close attention. She's following the beats of the play. She's getting to know it, at least act one, inside and out so that she can time this perfectly. She leaves the green room at an appropriate time. The ushers, they're nowhere to be found, the slackers. So they don't notice as she does the wander from back of stage, maybe all the way all the way out through the car park? No, they'd notice that. Through some of the indoor uh, passages, she makes her way up to the door of the dress circle, which is closed but not locked because that would be a fire disaster, but also not guarded. Again, sloppy ushers. Her rifle, which is on the, uh, behind the outer curtain, she can <laughs> simply pick up. Nobody's watching her. Open the door just a crack and just sit there no one's noticed this is a big dramatic angry scene happening on stage right now and she just stands there and waits for the right moment again counting beat by beat she knows what eve wants maybe eve was like nodding her head along with the beats in the audience a little bit (laughs) it's opening night she can't help herself so you can just watch that wait for the right moment betsy lifts her cap gun on the stage firing blanks fires and Eliska, at the exact same time, she's a markswoman. She knows what she's doing here. It is all too easy to aim at her husband. She's still angry with him. It's still running like fire. And again, watching a play where an even younger woman is pretending to be his wife probably doesn't help. She shoots him. She stashes the rifle back. Same time or different time, I like to think that it's right now that she takes her carefully planned obsessive stalker scrapbook and throws it in there. She's trying to pin the blame on someone else. She is trying to get it as far away from suspicion as her as possible by making it look like it was a completely different motive for this crime. And she she runs off, she leaves, she heads back backstage. No one's even noticed. It's going to take a second for people to realize that something's gone wrong. She's got time for this. And then her immediate classic mistake. She comes to the dress circle to see what I'm doing. I don't know if she planned on picking up the rifle to take it back with her to steal as evidence because she seemed to want that notebook found. But she definitely came to, at the very least, make sure that I had spotted all of that suspicious stuff going on as I was investigating the dress circle area. She came up to me later to uh, just nod very emphatically about this idea of, oh, it was definitely some crazy fan. In fact, you know, maybe it wasn't even his fan. Oh, the idea of it being someone that, from Betsy's side of things? Yep, yeah, that's totally at A hundred percent. And uh, just trying to push and push as far away as possible. It didn't work. Could not have been more suspicious. Ah, and you were wrong the whole time. How would you feel if you just knew that your husband was a criminal and not a cheating criminal?
1: Wah, 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 wah. You've done it. Police rush in to, to, to wherever a is. They grab her. They put her in handcuffs and they say, you're going away for a long time. And at the Man, end of the act who's of the that one? Out,
0: he scares me. Oh,
1: I'm a bad guy. <laughs>
0: You were going to say bad boy. I was really
1: worried. Oh, I'm a bad boy. I catch those crooks. I'm a bad boy. And that is the end of the actor's assassination. Mm -hmm. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media Network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Wit from the podcast Advanced Sage Russian Shootouts for creating our theme music. and thanks to all of you for listening.